Hey, good evening. It's Monday night, which means it's time for another episode of the CHGO Bears After Dark podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Go download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. How's it going, everybody? Will DeWitt, Greg Braggs is here, and we are just excited to kick off another night of Bears After Dark. And we were talking like right before we went live. I think it's good uh, that we had a couple of days to kind of like take a step back, take a breather because of everything that transpired on Thursday night. I think if we would have done this like the next day, we would have still been a little upset. I'm sure we still are, but now we can come from a place of ration, reason, bring in some yeah. emotion as well. But I enjoyed having a few days away, not having to think about the Bears, especially on a Sunday. And uh, Greg, you're telling me you use this as like an opportunity to do some homework. Yeah. You know, like I said uh, to you before the show, it's like, um, when, when we're doing this the way we do it here at CHGO, you know, there's so much preparation that goes into each show, especially on game days too, uh, right between you guys writing articles or covering the game at, at Soldier Field, and you're there all morning and all night essentially. And and for us in studio, we rarely get to really lock into the other games. Um, so, you know, <laughs> as much as it hurts my fantasy season teams, I have four teams and they're all drowning. Because, uh, you know, I, I just don't know what's going on with any players outside of the Bears. You know, it also really helps to look at the rest of the league to give you a more informed opinion on where the Bears are at and how far away they are or how close they are, depending on your perspective, you know, and, and watching yesterday, you know, obviously when you watch the Bills and the Chiefs, they really highlight just how far away the bears are from that level, which is the level we all want to get to as, as bears fans. But then if you, you know, look at the bigger picture of the entire scope of the NFL or even the NFC and watch a team like the Packers, you know, lose back-to-back weeks to the giants and jets, you know, it kind of gives you a, a more of an understanding of, Hey, you know, if the bears can figure this out within the next 12 months, you know, maybe, you know, there's something there, you know, because the Packers are on the way out. I mean, Minnesota leads the division right now. They're not going anywhere, but, um, you know, and just overall, New England coming up, you know, they got a third string quarterback gripping and ripping 300 yards passing. Uh, and you sit there just as a Bears fan. And obviously the easy answer is coaches, but you're like, damn, how can Zappy, <laughs> you know, throw for <laughs> right? 300 yards? And it sounds like a drummer for Led Zeppelin, and and and, we, and, uh, and our guy who is, you know, this premier quarterback coming out of Ohio State, having the struggles he is, and we all know the what the easy answers are. But at the same time, it'd be nice to see Justin Fields get on that kind of swing. You know, coaches, offensive line, team around you; those are all big considerations. But he's also a third string quarterback playing very well uh, to start his career. Yeah, no, it's frustrating to watch these quarterbacks, whether it be Zappy or Cooper Rush, these guys that aren't nearly as, you know, touted or should be as talented as Justin and just go out there and put up numbers that I think we would all just be drooling over if Justin can ever reach that status. And obviously there's a lot of different things that go into it, but as a fan, it does eat at you a little bit to watch these other teams. And it seems like it always happens every single year. It's just a... A Chicago problem, but you mentioned something at the top that I didn't put in my notes for tonight, but how did it make you feel seeing the Packers just like lose that second one in a row? Because I didn't get to watch the game. I was out of the house, but when I was like just kind of score watching on my phone, I saw them 
lose to the Jets. Like I was like pumping my fist. Like it's fun to watch the Packers lose as much as you know it sucks to watch the Bears lose consistently 100%. as we have. But watching or hearing that the Packers are losing right now and things aren't what they've typically been in Green Bay has been it's been good. That's a little bit of like a silver lining that I've been founding over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been making me it made me feel a lot better about my my life. Uh, because like I said, you know, the Packers are our tormenting, you know, uh, the, are our permanent torment over the last two decades. And uh, it definitely seems like Aaron Rodgers is on his downslope. I think that's an easy thing to say. I mean, they, they almost, you know, uh, got to the Super Bowl last year. So it's almost silly to, uh, and we appreciate you joining Daniel. He's asking about my room. You know, this is just my computer, <laughs> all my hodgepodge of crap. I couldn't handle the, the, the helmet not being in position because I'm a perfectionist like that. But um, no, it, it it definitely seems like Rogers' days are numbered. I mean, they're three and three. So, you know, we've seen other years where they've struggled and they bounce back and he is Aaron Rodgers. They were, you know, a, a Robbie Gold field goal kick away from the NFC championship. And who knows, maybe uh, the Super Bowl or, but at the same time, I watched an interview with Aaron Rodgers that I found very interesting uh, with Bill Maher, political guy, and he does this uh, kind of kickback and relax thing called um, um, whatever that I, I can't remember his podcast name. I'm drawing a blank now, but um, um, he does it in the basement of his house and it's in a bar and they all just kind of hang out and, and talk very casually about anything. It's not necessarily political or or sports or anything. It's just shoot the shit and see where it goes. And the only thing that came up football wise, when it came to Aaron Rodgers was he made this statement that was like, no, I'm not going to be here when the downslope of my career comes. I want to retire when I'm at the top of my game. And I Hmm. found that interesting. And just in the way that he said it, I was like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe he is going to retire here soon. He flirted with, it seemed like he was flirting with it with the jeopardy, off season, mm-hmm. which I was fully ready to support him. I would have DVR'd every episode of Jeopardy and I would have been <laughs> his biggest fan. But now that they're starting to struggle, you know, I don't know if he wants to go out like that, but at the same time, he just doesn't feel now that he's had this spiritual awakening and he's got the tattoos and the long hair and he's doing Iozuka or whatever the drugs called. Like maybe this is where he's just gotten to a point where, hey, you know, football's been great, but I'm ready for the next chapter in my life. It seemed that way in the way he answered that question on, um, um, you know, Bill Maher's podcast with him. You know, any day, uh, I'm more than willing to accept that. Uh, I think I've been there for years, just like you there, Greg. <laughs> uh, on a similar token, though, speaking of quarterbacks around the league and making us happy for a different reason, thoughts about Mitch and that come uh, being able to lead the Steelers over the Buccaneers yesterday. I thought that was really interesting when I was catching up in the evening and like, I was like, Oh cool. The Steelers won. had no idea about the picket injury. And then I was watching the highlights I'm like, Oh, Mitch has stepped in. Oh, wow. He actually was able to kind of like lead a charge here and uh, take down Tom Brady. Good for Mitch. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, happy for, I, I never have any ill will on Mitch. Um, I find it funny that there's certain segments of Bears Twitter, some of some of which some guys that I appreciate some of their content, but at the same time, we as Bears Twitter can't let Mitch go. And I get it. Um, 
you know, he was the failed franchise quarterback. So you're always going to compare him to Justin Fields, but you still even have people like wishing on his failures or, or hoping for his success as if we're still ready to like, you know, prove each other right. And whatever take we had on Mitch, it's like, it's over guys. We're, we're focused on fields, but at the same time, uh, when he threw that pass to chase Claypool to seal the deal, uh, it just highlighted, you know, Hey, Mitch isn't a great quarterback, but you give them good wide receivers and they, they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you just think about a guy like it, bears fans talk about bringing in a guy like chase Claypool. Cause it seems like he's on the outs with Pittsburgh. And we talk about all these different kind of wide receivers we can bring in. Now, Robbie Anderson goes to the Arizona, um, the Arizona, I almost said Diamondbacks. I'm just so off. I, get, I had to change my damn washer. My washer took a crap on me last week. So I'm like, my mind is just completely fried right now from dealing with washer duty. But the Arizona Cardinals, you know, picked up Robbie Anderson from Carolina and you know, so we talk about all these different wide receivers, and that was just on highlight with the Pittsburgh game. Like, dang, look at what a good wide receiver, because he just threw that ball to a spot, Chase Claypool on the sidelines, you know, back shoulder, turned around and grabbed it. So um, give Justin Fields some wide receivers like that, let him throw it to a spot, and let him come down and make the catch. You saw Justin Fields throw two potential game-winning touchdowns that neither, you know, Dante Pettis and Darnell Mooney could come down with. So, uh we certainly could use a Chase Claypool in this house, in, in in our house. Um, you know, whether whatever you think of him, we just don't have those caliber of wide receivers. You know, outside of Darnell Mooney. Sure. I mean, if Pettis came down with his, holy shit! Like the body contortion that he had to do to yeah. to play in that ball was impressive, and yet I don't know, made me squirm all at the same time. Now. I know Cody Demendo is going to join us in about 10-ish or so minutes, maybe five now to kind of give some Monday Night Football bets as we're kind of nearing kickoff for that one. Another Broncos primetime game that we're going to have to sit through here tonight. And Nicholas Moriano just actually reached out to me. He's like, dude, I'm just sitting here. Can I hop on? I'm bored. I'm just watching you guys. So I'm just going to No, Nick. (laughs) He's here. (laughs) I'm here, Greg. You can't do anything about it. I like the angry run shirt. It's pretty fitting with uh, kind of how you just inserted yourself into the show. Angry yeah, and I, and I know they do that on Good Morning Football on Tuesday, so I'm like a day early. I'm early to the show. I'm like, I, I need to need to talk some football. I'd like to remove myself after the Bears game from mm-hmm. all football on Sunday. I got You guys were talking about the Packers game. Went back to my parents' house for dinner, and I saw like the Jets are running all over them. Bryce Hall's doing his thing, and Sauce Gardner's – Going on putting on the cheese yeah, head. It was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was great. That was hilarious. Props to Sauce Gardner. And what a name, too. <laughs> That's true, too, right? Yeah, I just I kind of focused on my kids' football and his game yesterday. And other than that, I just like you, Nick. I needed a mental break. Six games has been it's already felt like a full season in so many different ways here. But we're only like just over a third of the way there, which is why in today's episode, we're going to rank the Bears rookies in a little while, uh, too, through this third point. I don't know how to even say that elegantly, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're not at the midway point. It's not the quarter point. It's like we're a third of the way there. Uh, it's the best way I think I can say it uh, in terms of, like, verbally. Uh, but, guys, to start off the show, and Nick, you're here, so this will be interesting because I haven't – I don't know if you saw the rundown or not, but I wanted to start today's show by looking at – positives uh, whether it be a positive for last week's game something from the entire season it's been a lot of just negative scrutiny for the bears which has been mm-hmm. very deserved uh after what we saw on thursday night 
So let's take a time just to start the show off on a positive note. I'm just going to open the floor. Who has a positive to share? I can go real quickly. I go. I don't know why I did this, but I rewatched the game again you. today. Yeah, no, it, it's and my girlfriend. She's like in the other room. She's like, "Why are you like talking to yourself and like grunting all the time?" Like, cause I'm watching Bears film. That's why. And it's like it's it's aggravating. But Tevin Jenkins, you guys, like out of all the things that could have been his future outcome with the Bears to how he's playing right now, that is such a positive. He's the Bears best offensive lineman and if you just go through and watch some of the plays that he had throughout that game and obviously the line as a whole played terribly on Thursday night against the commanders but you watch 76 and what he's capable of doing and just moving people and being able to go to second level it's not just one play where he's showing his physical dominance it's multiple plays in a row so I really think the way that Tevin Jenkins really just changed his entire narrative of being a guy that was an outcast to somebody that potentially could be a focal point now at, at a new position, that is definitely a positive when I look at the Bears as a whole and just specifically microscope it to, to one player. I can't get enough positive news from the Bears offensive line because it was so <laughs> god-awful on Thursday night that I'll take highlighting Tevin Jenkins, the play that you shared on Twitter today where he pretty much moved that guy like 20 yards with ease. Felt like he was just on autopilot didn't take a lot of effort just it's that's when you know they're going to be a really good player is when they make it look easy make it look natural effortless it wasn't like he was like i mean high motor yes but it just looked like something that was uh natural to him and that he was more than the overwhelming guy in that matchup so i like that one uh, a lot what about you greg what's something that's been uh i guess looking at you i guess i don't know i'm tired too man <laughs> weekend, no but. the the positives for me and and yeah I, you know i think this is a good idea to try to think about some of the positives because it, it has been weeks now where we're just focusing on the negative and this is a team in a rebuild and i definitely understand that you know i think i continue to try to look bigger picture i'm trying to be the the fly on the wall in Ryan Pohl's room to figure out how he's going to approach this offseason. And that's a ways away. So it's a good exercise to just focus on the positives that are going on right now. And to me, Kyler Gordon has taken a step here these last two weeks. You can see the game is starting to slow down for him. Secondary overall has played really well this year. Eddie Jackson, to me, has kind of evolved even beyond what he was in 2018, uh, you know, he, he the tackling in the open field, the hard hitting, he's getting the interceptions, he's showing leadership as a veteran now. And then and then my my guy, uh Kendall Vildor, I always jokingly compare him to Tim Jennings, uh, but I believe that. I I saw I see a lot of Tim Jennings in him. Tim Jennings certainly was a ball hawk when he got to the Bears, but that was like by the time he got here, he was in his fourth, third or fourth season already. Kendall's still a young player trying to develop into something like that. And and I just think in terms of why I compare them, you know, maybe the interceptions aren't there, but the way they fight, they aren't, you know, big DBs, mm-hmm. but they stay on their guys. They always know where they're supposed to be and they battle, 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 battle. And I just love the way Kendall Vildor plays. He fought through a tough year last year with a depleted secondary, Jalen Johnson in his rookie year. So I'm sure there was some learning curve there. So secondary has been a big bright spot. There are others, but for me, 
Um, that's that's at the top of the list, especially with the way Kyler Gordon played the last two weeks, specifically on Sunday. For everyone watching, listening at home, Kyler Gordon will be featured in Two Truths and a Lie later oh, on. God. So, Greg, get ready. Maybe I'll get one right today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited I'm for that. But, no, you hit on a lot of good ones. And, Nick, I think Kendall Vildor, he's played really well over the last few weeks. And I feel like that turning point for him this season and maybe his career was that Texans game when he had that uh, PBU that Eddie Jackson was able to get into the end zone. That was after mm-hmm. he was getting picked on. Real early in this game, consistently burned, burned. And I feel like right there is like a light bulb moment for Kendall because since then he's been playing like at a whole different level, play, making more plays on the ball. And I'm just excited to see him grow from there. So I'm glad you brought it up, Greg and Nick. I don't know if you had anything to add, honestly, there too. But uh, if you do, feel free. And then we'll bring on Cody. I see he's waiting patiently back there. Yeah, one. I mean, Kendall Vilder is a guy that, you know, I liked when they drafted him out of uh, Southern Georgia, right, or Georgia Southern, and a guy that, you know, just had to really develop and work, and yes, he was in a bad situation last year in terms of being a starter when he wasn't really a starter. He was just put in that role, but he's made the most out of his opportunity, took the coaching, and you're seeing it in his play now, so it's nice to see a guy like that who was, like, in a bad situation initially, right, but is able to make the most out of his opportunities and is playing some good ball right now. Excellent. Let's bring on Cody because, dude, you're so nice because all week of last week, I was just waiting for you to reach out. Like, so, Will, remember that (laughs) parlay that you mentioned Mm, on air? Yeah, yeah, I do remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah. My bad. Uh, Obviously, it didn't like, didn't like two or three of the legs hit. Didn't we come close? It was close. it was a nice what? sweat. Like it's hard to win parlays, Will. Like I know, and it's, it's like not my Travis first loss Kelsey, parlay. Travis Kelsey holding me back. Like that's like oh. out of all people. Uh, and then this week he blows up yet okay. again. I was like, I think I've told almost everyone in the office this story, but probably not you since you're you're remote more half the yes. time. Uh, I had a bet on Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. And to just get thir- go over 39 and a half yards receiving that night. And he got 25 and had four touchdowns. Like, that doesn't oh. make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make it. I'm still mad about it. It's like, this is supposed to be an easy. Like, the odds were like minus 115. Like, like I, how? Like, if that was going to lose, that was going to be because Kelsey didn't score. No. He scores four times. But gets twenty five yards. How do you hit, how do you get four touchdowns and only twenty five yards? Oh, because you're only catching footballs at the goal line. Cool, great, thanks, L- loser. <laughs> the goal the line, not a goal line tight end. Yeah, I was so bad, but yeah, no, that was <laughs> yeah that that one was actually more that I went to bed more angry about that than than the parlay will. So. I'm glad you uh, you put one yourself that got you more angry, so you distracted yourself from mine uh, without question. I think mine was like for 50 yards, which is something he's done almost every single game. And that's why I was like, what the hell is going on? But, Cody, we have about 25 minutes or so until kickoff, so I want to kind of get to you for those watching live and some of your bets here uh, for tonight. I have one uh, that I'll share too, but maybe not as – you know, rah rah behind it as I was last. You know, <laughs> peaks and valleys, yeah. and uh, definitely hit that valley. But uh, let's hand it over to you, man. What do you got? Okay, so as we all know, we're part of DraftKings now, right? So mm-hmm. I went on DraftKings today, and uh, 
the I love the way you can just like do like alternate yards for receiving or uh, rushing, whatever. Uh, and it's not just for like certain players, um, which it, there's a lot of options. So I don't have a reason behind it, but I'm high on Mike Boone tonight, guys. I love Mike Boone tonight. He he had um, over 30 yards receiving and rushing each last year or la- not last year, last week. Uh, which is wild considering how bad the offense was last week for the Broncos. Um, but one reason why I love Mike Boone is because you just can't trust Melvin Gordon. I mean, the guy's a fumbling machine. He's a fumbling machine. And somehow, someway, he didn't fumble last week. Um, but also, like, more so other than that, too, is I think the Broncos like to use him, use Boone as, like, uh, you know, another pass-catching back. They want to use Gordon more so in between the tackles. Um, you know, running the ball, but again, they they used Boone both ways last week, and that was against the Colts. I think the Chargers' defense is it's good, but they're injury ridden right now, right? Like, I, I think I honestly think we're gonna see a little bit better offense from from the Broncos tonight, but I'm <laughs> not. I I don't think a, it's hard to to bet it, but I'm just saying I think we'll. Their backs against the wall. They they got embarrassed on prime time. Like they, their coaches. Like they might fire him if they put up another performance like that. Russell Wilson. Everyone's calling him a fraud. I think they come out and play, <laughs> at least look better tonight. Um. So I like. I like prime time. I know. I know. It's uh, Ryan Green had the most hilarious video. He tweeted the video of of Michael Scott feeding the broccoli to uh, <laughs> to Kevin Malone and like and it was like the broccoli was like the Broncos on primetime, like the text overlaying it, just, <laughs> just hilarious stuff. Um, Anyway, I, I, in my parlay, I have alternate yards for Mike Boone to go to get 19 plus receiving and then 25 plus rushing, which if you look, if you take them single, it's, it's like, it's very like the books think that that's a lock basically. Um, so you, I have those two, and then I have Mike Williams to get seven plus receptions, and then Justin Herbert to get a one passing touchdown. And you can get that if you use one of the odds boosts that DraftKings has given you tonight. You can get that at plus ten sixty two. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I think for sure Herbert's going to throw a touchdown. Like, there's no way he's not going to throw a touchdown tonight. And with Keenan Allen out again, mm-hmm. Mike Williams is going to get a ton of targets. I've actually taken the Mike Williams receptions prop the last two weeks uh, that they've played, and it's gone over. I'm actually taking – I think the regular line is five and a half. But if you do a parlay, it's either you take, you, you take it over four and a half or over uh, – or not, it's either over five and a half or at – or no, it's either five plus receptions or seven plus receptions. It's like – but the odds are so significantly different. So I took seven instead of five just to get the better odds. Hopefully that doesn't come back to haunt me. Um, but I, I like him singly go, going over five and a half tonight. So I, I think seven is a good, a good spot as well. Um, so you just, I know it's tough to bet on Mike Boone, but like that's, that's my parlay, but I, 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 I like it. So, um, and like I said, you can get, Williams receptions over five and a half at plus one Oh five on DraftKings as well. I think that's a good play considering he's going to be the number one guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like he basically has been the last couple weeks since Keenan Allen's been out. 
Um, and then <laughs> the last three. Okay. I'm taking the under based off the trends. I'd say it every week. I'm mm-hmm. taking the under. And I also just feel really good about it because if you really think about it, the Broncos and Chargers aren't really that far off. Like, sure, the Chargers offense has looked better, I think. But also the Broncos defense has looked really good. And you've seen glimpses of the Chargers defense looking really good, too. So I just think we're going to get a mixture of bad and good from both teams tonight. Um, so f- the under uh, the total is 45 and a half. Again, the primetime trend on taking the under, it's like 11 and four this year. Um, the under it went over last night, but it, all, it went under on Bears Commanders Thursday oh. night. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We went, it, like <laughs> honestly, that one went so under that I got paid out for that bet before uh-huh. halftime. Um, so, uh, I'm just saying, I'm sticking that with the primetime unders. I'm, I'm taking, I'm sticking with primetime unders all season. And I, I think this one, this one, I feel better about the under than I did, uh, Eagles Cowboys. And, uh, that one, you know, the Cowboys made that comeback, which I didn't expect. But, uh, you know, that one would have gone under if the Cowboys didn't have third quarter magic um but anyway uh but lastly i i'm gonna take the broncos plus four because like i already said i i do think the teams are not too far apart and i think the broncos are their backs against the wall like they have like they have to be better than what they were against the colts you're gonna they're gonna have more fans in los angeles than chargers fans like like i think (laughs) it'll feel somewhat like a home game for them and again, they're on prime time and they're coming off such a disgusting loss. Like Russell Wilson has to be better than what we've seen. He has to be. Like there's no there is no way this guy is this bad and Pete Carroll was the only reason that he has had a career that he's had. There's no way. No way. So I I hate it. And I don't blame you for not taking it if you don't. But I'm taking <laughs> Broncos plus four. Because like I just like if it was two and a half. I'd probably take the Chargers because you're giving me the field goal. But you're giving me the field goal plus another point, and I just don't really know what to expect from the Chargers because we've seen them really let down in spots where they're favorites. And mm-hmm. the trends actually speak really highly of Russell Wilson in these types of spots. Um, I was reading today uh, about um, Russell, like the trends of Russell Wilson uh, – I I wish I could find the article, but like he like against the spread as a underdog in prime time, he covers like sixty seven percent of the time or something like that. So, um, again, those are trends. But I uh, yeah, that's, I'm I'm taking the Broncos tonight, and I like the under, um, and I like Mike Williams over five and a half receptions. Um, yeah, I, I I hate betting the Broncos, but I'm gonna do it, guys. <laughs> Well, sometimes you have to, you know, do the things uh, that you don't necessarily like to do. Uh, I saw this comment from uh, Nova Damas that uh, they mentioned that they're recovering from surgery and loving the content. I just want to say, you know, can, uh, you know, best of luck uh, on your mm-hmm. recovery. And of course, uh, we appreciate uh, the kind words about our content. And of course, we're just glad to be hanging out with you throughout this recovery process, too. So definitely uh, keep your head up and keep going strong there. And then from Daniel, like, hey, we're switching to DraftKings from points, but down. I didn't know. We have the logo on the screen, and uh, yeah, I'm happy uh, about this transition here. Cody seemed pretty excited about it, too. And uh, another reason why I like DraftKings is like sometimes 
you know, I'm a little lazy or I kind of forget, like I want to do a bet until it's like literally right before a game. And they have some of their own quick same game parlays that they kind of come mm-hmm. up with themselves. And of course you want to kind of vet those, but I liked tonight's and yes, it's about Melvin Gordon. So Cody may not like it, um, but he's going to listen to it. So for a plus <laughs> 500 bet, uh, they have Gordon scoring a touchdown and he's only had one this season, but there's a pattern. He's went scoreless, scoreless, touchdown, and then scoreless, scoreless. So today's so the do. touchdown. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they have him going over 35 rushing yards. He averages 38.6. Again, not earth-shattering, but the Chargers give up 130 yards per game on the ground, and the NFL lead 6.2 yards per carry. So I'm, I'm assuming he's going to get those looks. They have him going for 20-plus receiving. He averages 19.6. It's like right there. Uh, looking at L.A.'s defense, they haven't really faced many pass threats in terms of running backs for a few weeks. Uh, but the last time they did it was the Jaguars, and they gave up 46 to running backs. So I think that's a strong one. And then you just have the Broncos going over 13.5 points tonight. And the Chargers give up about 27 points per game. So just less than half of that from the Broncos. So I like those parlayed, and there's only four legs, which is a little bit easier to hit on, and that's plus 500. Uh, and, of course, uh, from there, you can I don't know if you can boost those same game ones or not. We, we may want to, like, test those out, but maybe you can. Uh, hit some buttons, and maybe you can increase those odds too. But that's the one that I saw, and they call it uh, Armageddon, uh, which I thought was pretty clever. <laughs> nice. That's pretty good. One, one thing that I love – about DraftKings is like you can place a bet and then it gives you the option to share it like they have their own like social feed and if you do that it'll then notify you of people who see it and say that they're tailing you I had I I I shared like my parlay in their social feed and I had like nine people or I got like nine notifications of random people saying that they were going to tail my bet and I was like wow that's cool and it allows people to like leave comments and stuff. It's like, oh, again, nice. like your own like cool like community of people who use DraftKings. <laughs> Do you uh, have like a profile on that, and you can like have a history of it and like build a quote like following on there, or is it just like a one-off thing? I think it's just a one-off thing, um, but I'm not exactly sure to be honest with you. I I just noticed it today, and then I kept getting notifications from DraftKings that so-and-so like rant these random ass accounts just like <laughs> saying that they were tailing my bet i was like okay okay <laughs> sweet i was just wondering like over time if you can build like a quote following on DraftKings. i mean maybe you could by That'd sharing cool. it with, with our listeners but yeah that would be really neat if that is a possibility for you because you do good stuff and you'll win people money and that should always always help does anyone else have any bets tonight while we're on the subject greg you got anything <laughs> Who's the fullback? No, I'm kidding. Uh, we're gonna hit the taking fullback. the long shot. You we're gonna hit the fullback one of these days, but we can leave that out for tonight. I'll stay with my Kari Blazin game because we're gonna we're gonna keep playing it till it hits, people. Okay. And I hope you it lose hits. all your money. Cody's mm-hmm. already promised to reimburse you at the end of the year. Joshua Kelly. I didn't promise that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, Joshua Kelly is plus four twenty five for. Um, you know, San Diego. And um, it seems like Herbert's been looking his way here uh, with some injuries to wide receiver. Uh, I like how he plays. So, uh, and then KJ Hamler, you know, the redemption day, uh, he's plus 475. Um, you know, Russell Wilson didn't find him at the in the end zone to end the game. He slams his helmet down. Maybe yeah. Russell I returns like the favor tonight on primetime. 
sitting at plus 475. Those are two guys on each side of the ball that I'd be looking at as anytime touchdown scorers. Not a fullback like today. Thank you. <laughs> if Cody says he likes it, then I'm, I'm making progress. I love segments. a good narrative. I love a good narrative. Bet, oh, I'm a right? narrative. And you're going, I'm, you're going yeah. full narrative bet. With I'm a narrative-driven person, <laughs> fan, uh, especially. I, I love, I love the storylines in football, in sports, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Good, well, good stuff there, guys. Cody, before you go, the last question I had for you is: uh, Are you getting any better at 2K? It's been about three weeks since we talked uh. about it. Uh, so now the Cubs season is over, I have a little bit more free time. So I started streaming on my YouTube channel playing and it's not been great. I'm glad that I've had like four <laughs> viewers come through to see me be really bad at 2K. So we're, we're, we're grinding. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, we're trying. Uh, yeah. Uh, but my, I did my, my creative player or whatever his name is. Um, I did up him to 85 overall the other day. Maybe. Some of the guys I play like Pro Am or Rec with, um, maybe we'll get them on the stream and we'll play a little uh, Rec League or whatever on it. And I won't look so bad because playing with them makes me look significantly better because I only have to try <laughs> to do one thing. But there you go. So I was I was playing a little online gameplay the other night. It was like 11 p.m. and like I I I used to, I used to like when on 2K back in the day, like when it first came out on like xbox or like during like the 360 ps3 days if you want to play online you can just play online with whoever you wanted and now it's like there's these different tiers that you can only play with them and you have to win so many games in these different in, oh. in this tier and then then once you win that many games you can play with these sets of teams in the next tier and it's it's annoying to me. I wish I could just play with the Bulls with every every online game if I wanted to or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, so I've been using different teams, um, which I guess in a way is kind of fun because it, it, in a way it forces you to, but it's tough because I just want to get good with one team and play with it. Mm-hmm, so, right. Yeah. That, it, it, again, it, we're grinding. It, off season's early. Well, it, it's been a week, guys. <laughs> I got my guy up to a 96 over the weekend, okay. uh, which I'm feeling All good right. about uh, my power forward build and uh, getting better. I still feel like this, the shots in general, just so random full bars just don't make it in. And uh, yeah, uh, it's been good. Actually in my story mode for my player, uh, I'm like 24 games in and the bulls were like 19, three or 19 and five or something like that. Like leading that. the East. I'm like this, that's pretty cool. I landed on the Hawks. Uh, myself, you get to choose. I, I was like, I don't want to go in the Bulls because I get too invested. Go somewhere yeah. random, and I'm like, who needs a power four? Yeah, this Google search my, gives you that. Yeah, my guy, I play for the Grizzlies, and I'm like a a swingman, like slashing three point shooter. So I'm like, okay, I'll just play with Jaw, Jaw Morant, and like that was my that thinking. Works. It's like you know, maybe that would be fun. And, and so far, it has. It's just like, I, you know, I. I I stink, so I'm just trying to get better. <laughs> Whenever I get back to the studio, we're going to try to find a way to play because I know where you're on PlayStation, and I have one, but I've been doing 2K on my Xbox because uh, that's where mm. my brother plays. But we'll need to find a way to test some skills uh, and see who yeah. sucks at 2K more uh, because I'm sure it could be a, a pretty close fight here. But, Cody, thanks for hopping on, uh, sharing some bets here this evening. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll be listening to you throughout it. Thanks, man. Good luck with everyone on their best night and thank uh, you uh also bears i'm just happy that i'm not hurt today i was hurt on friday so you know i've gotten over it we're moving on we're on to the paths where i'm ready to talk myself into thinking they can cover
Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll learn more about that as the week progresses. Good luck with that. All right, guys. Have a good night, guys. All right. So that was Cody. We talked some Monday Night Football bets. Hope you uh, partook in those. Win some money and uh, enjoy that segment. Up next, we're going to yeah, I'll talk some more Bears, play around a two truths and a lie, start ranking some Bears rookies. A lot of really good stuff. Before we do, I have a couple messages that I want to share over to you, our listeners. And the first one, I'm excited. There are a lot of, some changes happening here uh, with these reads. Mm-hmm. And this first one gets me really excited because it's from Shady Rays. And, you know, Shady Rays, they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. They are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, sustainable durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays, and this is something that I've loved about them for years. I've been wearing Shady Rays, I think, for five years now. That They have like literally the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. Literally, if you lose or break your shades day one, they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Dropped in the lake, uh, off a cliff, anything. They'll replace them. I lost mine for four months and just regretted like even reaching out because like oh i'll find them i'll find them never did reached out I'm like hey I've, i lost this pair and i bought them like two years ago and like, all right cool here you go they're in the mail like that's dope like you can't find many companies that take care of their customers as good uh, as you do with shady raids even for that strong protection program uh, they still manage to make quality that you can tell from just holding in the hand it seems like they're as good as any expensive pair that i've ever worn like i have my oakley's and my shady rays and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference you pick up one uh, over the other uh, they stand behind their product and told uh, our team that if anyone has a problem with them, that they'll throw uh, the profit out the window and do whatever it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You'll either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. So for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs as low as 50 $4. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all of their newest and best shades. And again, that code is CHGO, and it gives you 50% off two or more pairs of sunglasses at ShadyRays.com. I'm really excited for uh, for those Shady Rays, uh, the glasses I got. I know they're going to be the best ones, but I'm really excited to get those and for everybody else at CHGO to test them out too. But I first have to tell everybody too about game time. I have to ask you a, bunch of, a series of questions. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert? It's possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't bet, you won't find a better deal this season on Bears tickets, so just go in that GameTime app. It's really easy. Whatever seat, whatever section, you can find it on the GameTime app. And if you love CHGO, then you also love GameTime. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, CHGO Bears After Dark. You already know what you're listening to. Will DeWitt, Greg Braggs, Nicholas Moriano, and we are just chilling, hanging out, talking some Bears, and luckily we've had a few days to decompress, remove ourselves from this Bears product that we've seen over the last few weeks. And now we get to come in, uh, I, I would say, just feeling a little bit better uh, than we were just a handful of days ago. Guys, are you ready for this week's edition of Two Truths and a Lie? I know Greg is. <laughs> I don't know if I am. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. 
All right, here we go. And every week I try to, you know, tinker it, make it a little bit more clear, easier to understand, follow, <laughs> not throw a million numbers, Greg. You're gonna way. have to, you're gonna have to write this in crayon for me to understand, Will. <laughs> I, think, I, I think this week you get you're gonna get one. So round one of three. Khalil Herbert was second in the NFL among running backs last week and missed tackles forced with five. Kyler Gordon has given up 74% less yards in weeks four through six than he did in weeks one through three. Darnell Mooney leaves the Bears in intermediate receiving yards, which is passes thrown and caught 10 to 19 yards downfield this season with 75. Any do you need me to repeat, or do you already know which one's the lie? The last one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the the last one as well, Darnell Mooney. Nice, ding 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 ding. That is one for one. one. One for one. Good job, guys. I, I need like a soundboard. Mm-hmm. Actually, I do have a soundboard. I should hook it up. Who to my is microphone. leading the Bears? Who is in intermediate passes? Is it Dante? Tell me. Dante. Ooh, Dante Pettis is third. Oh, so, so it's like EQ. fifty something. ESB? EQ? Are we calling him EQ or are we calling him ESB? I like EQ. I do EQ. <laughs> Fine. EQ. One less letter. It's efficient. <laughs> but no, that's not him either. Uh, so by process of elimination, who the hell is it? Who else do we have? <laughs> oh, Cole, is that Cole? Cole doesn't ever catch the ball. Yeah, is it, it Cole? Is. Yeah, it is. Cole Komet, 78 yards in that area of the field. He's actually four for four, too. Four targets, four catches, 78 yards. uh, Targets 10 to 19 yards down the field. Who knew? For the whole season. So The whole season so far, yes. That is such a depressing stat. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do want to highlight some of these other ones, too. Uh, So the things that were true, Kyler Gordon has given up 74% less yards in the last three weeks than he did in the first three weeks, which is really mm-hmm. impressive. He gave up 317 yards in weeks one through three. Weeks four through six, that's dropped down to 84 yards allowed. So we've talked about that being a big positive at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Kyler Gordon kind of yep. turning his rookie season around. That is a good way to quantify exactly what he's been able to do. And yes, Khalil Herbert was second in the NFL among running backs with five missed tackles for that was second. Kenneth Walker, the third, was the only one ahead of him who had 12. And Herbert had five. And that was only on seven attempts. Nobody else that had uh, less than 10 attempts last week had more than two forced. And Herbert had five. Wow. Like, he is so damn good. I hope he gets more touches. I said that mm-hmm. last week. I'm going to say it again. All right. Round two. Greg, you feeling better now? I'm feeling much better. Excellent. Let's get it going. First one. Justin Fields was pressured the most last week among all quarterbacks on a per dropback basis. Lucas Patrick had the second worst pass block grade, according to PFF, of all offensive linemen in week six before this Monday night game. And then why not stay with PFF grades here for some consistency? Tevin Jenkins is graded as a top 10 offensive guard in terms of his run blocking this year. Which one is the lie? This is a tough hmm. one because they all feel true. Uh, because Justin Fields was running for his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lucas Patrick was terrible last week. And Tevin Jenkins is the one bright spot. Even Nicholas Moriano's porting out here, uh, like we were talking about on, on the timeline, you know, the the one pl- block in particular where he's 
pushing guys out. So I guess I'm going to go with I guess I'm going to go with the the I'm going to go with the Lucas Patrick. Lucas I was gonna, I'm leaning that leaning that way too. Lucas because who's worse than him, right? He was the second worst? Is that how it was for, like, That's how I was phrased. Exactly. Cuz it gets tricky with the rankings. Who was not worse? Just that he was terrible. But I'm going to go with that one. Go and look at All right. Patrick. Well, I'm going to say you guys are correct, but he wasn't the worst. He was the fifth worst. Wow. There are guys that had a zero like pass blocking grade. At least out of a scale of one, zero to 100, Lucas Patrick had a strong 7.5. Oh, God. He was so freaking bad rewatching that moved game. To center. It's, it's uh, at a point where. I, you know, I, my phrase on Twitter is always, you know, if they don't, if something doesn't happen, we riot. riot. And if Lucas <laughs> Patrick isn't at center this Monday night, we riot. I mean, there has to be some kind of shakeup on the offensive line. I mean, they said they were going to go back and evaluate everything. And, you know, I understand you're not, you know, going to put a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound and try to pick up Robbie Anderson to salvage a season. I can understand those kind of moves. But you have players within your depth chart right now to shake this up and at least get looks to see if Justin Fields can be protected better because the way Justin Fields was taken to the ground relentlessly on Thursday night is disgraceful, honestly, is the only word for it. You got to put your best, the best five you got out there. You signed Lucas Patrick as a center and you played him at guard all season. It doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, obviously that was a little bit out of their hand a bit with like, well, you know, the, the hand injury and sure. then Cody Whitehair's injury also made it more complicated. And I think Nick, we mentioned it in our preview show, at least I brought it up where I feel like the missing piece in order to make this a possibility has to be Alex Leatherwood. I just, I think that's the only way right now. Yeah. Cause uh, even the few snaps that Michael Schofield had out there, it's like, mm-hmm. he's in there and it's like, <laughs> you're not you're not doing anything so they're they're a little handicapped there in terms of like what they can do because of the people that are behind you know the guys that they currently have up there it's not better and not unless alex leatherwood there's something there there's something there at guard that you know hasn't he hasn't shown so far and obviously he's still very young but they have to try out all their options you guys because it can't get much worse than what it was on thursday night now, my next question for you guys is something I was going to say for later in the show, but Greg kind of took this conversation to a place where it just makes sense to just ask now. Does it? Are you worried that even moving Lucas Patrick to center won't yield the results that you thought they would maybe like three, four weeks ago? I'm personally curious. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't believe he can be better when he's put back to center but when he did get signed to chicago we knew that he wasn't like a top tier offensive lineman in green bay we were hoping for growth we wanted to see it we knew he was a good leader and we can see that on the field like you can see him being a leader by example someone who pumps up his teammates and it's like does that physical style of leadership but is it fair to be concerned that he may not even be the center that we're all hoping for in the first place because it's been really bad I think it's fair uh, to be completely honest. Low expectations. Whatever moves can be made, however the whole entire unit can play, super low expectations. Just because of what we've seen through the first six weeks now, like it's just there. There isn't. There hasn't been quality play consecutively. And from Lucas specifically, I know he got thrown into left guard because of injury, and you know getting the late start because of his own injury. It's like it's. I don't think you want to go into a 
the rest of the season thing. Yes, Lucas Patrick at center. We are going to be fine on the <laughs> offensive line. Like that's right. just not. You're you're just going to lead yourself down a dark dark hole that you know we're usually in as Bears fans. So I don't think that's the route you should take. But low expectations. Hopefully he can exceed those. No, I completely agree. Uh, I kind of joked with some people that were trying to come up with these different variations of like what we can do at wide receiver or or uh, or offensive line to help fix the offense. I'm like, you're just rearranging the the chairs on the Titanic. You know, it's <laughs> it's not going to get no matter. There's no configuration that you're going to put on the offensive line. There's no wide receiver group of switching these guys up that's going to fix the wide receiver group. <clears throat> and whether you want to play under eye formation, two tight end set, or if you want to spread them out like Gutsy's he's tried to do the last two weeks, there's always going to be a flaw within this offense because they have a talent deficiency problem. Mm-hmm. And so Lucas Patrick, yes, you move him to center. He still has a talent deficiency problem. Is he a top center in this league? No. Uh, but I do think these moves are worth trying yes. if nothing, you know, Sam Mustaver has not been good all year. So it is worth trying, you know, I, you know, maybe Jatir Carter isn't ready, but until we see him out there as fans, who are we to say coaches? No. So that's their job. But at the same time, you get to a point where Justin Fields is getting bludgeoned and you're like, it can't get any worse. You know, try something different. You, why are these guys, as Adam Hoke said, when I brought up, you know, to your point about, well, they can't because Cody Whitehair is out and, and they're forced in this. And Adam Hoke said, well, then why are these players on the roster? Because if they can't play, they shouldn't be on the roster. And it just speaks to, the rock in a hard place this roster is at currently. They there is no configuration that's going to fix this this year. No, but I mean I think the broadcast for the game if I remember correctly watching it Thursday night mentioned like for the Commanders, I was like their fifth offensive line combination of the year and like oh look, maybe this is the fifth one and they're finding some good results. Now, unfortunately, I think it's because the Bears defensive line has been bad. And it, that mm-hmm. really helps them. But it just shows like other teams are moving pieces around and it's not abnormal to do so if you're struggling. Again, Justin was pressured the most of all quarterbacks this week so far at 57.1% of his dropbacks. He was pressured. Like Greg said, it can't get much worse than that. And it honestly, I don't I don't care if, like you said, is Carter ready or not? I don't know if you can say that some of these guys who are out there are ready. So why not just throw another body out there and, uh, see what happens. But it's just interesting to kind of see, I think with Lucas Patrick, just to put a uh, final point on this discussion, is like a month or two ago, like we were just like looking at him in a, so, like a totally different light and what he's going to provide this Bears offense uh, all throughout the preseason, early port, parts of this regular season too, when he was alternating, like we had completely different expectations and just thoughts about him. And that narrative is starting to change and his play is a big part of it. All right, round three for two truths and a lie. Here we go. Kyler Gordon, yeah, he's back, but it makes sense. (laughs) He is allowing the second fewest yards per reception among rookie corners over the last two weeks with 6.3 yards per catch allowed. Say that one more time. You got it. Kyler Gordon, he's allowing the second fewest yards per catch among rookie corners over the last two weeks. 
Next one is Trenton Gill is a top 10 punter in terms of net yards per punt at 42.6. And then the last one, <laughs> I don't know why I put it. It hurts. Uh, Bayless Jones Jr. leaves the NFL in muff punts. <laughs> we know that's true. <laughs> we know that's true. Uh, it's, uh, the, it's the first one with Kyler. As good as he's been, um, I think there's some other rookie corners like we saw with uh, Sauce Gardner, right? Is he? He's a rookie, right? Um, mm-hmm. That have been playing a little better. So what was the second Kyler. one, Will? Uh, Trent Gill being a top ten punter in terms of net yards per punt. The I'm Gillette going that one. I'm going that one. Oh, okay. here, here we go. Here we Nick. go. It is the Trenton Gill one. Good job, Nick. Congratulations. <laughs> no. <laughs> you went three for three. Three for three. Got it. Wow. Okay, so I do need to make him harder again. So see, I'm, it's like that dynamic gameplay. The uh, the AI it adapts to you. So next mm-hmm. week, it, it's going to get a little bit more difficult. But yeah, Bayless Jones, two muff punts. It's tied for first the NFL. Kyler Gordon has allowed the second fewest yards per catch over the last two weeks. Uh, the only other player uh, in his draft class at that position that's less is Kobe Bryant. Uh, at three point eight yards per catch, but Kyler Gordon second again, nice. really Quiet. turning things around. But Trenton Gill is not a top ten punter in terms of his net. He is fifteenth. Uh, but if that was zero point seven yards more, so less than a full yard more on average, that would make him a top ten punter. It just shows how close net yards per punt mm-hmm. is, and like a fifteenth ranked punter is damn near close and this is more on than a punter too right like this is the coverage unit and like their ability to tackle and make those returns minimal minimize so there's a lot that goes into it but it shows like how close that is and that really surprised me and that's why i wanted to throw it in there yeah i mean he does punt a lot (laughs) that too that too too. (laughs) that does uh play a part of it that does uh hurt uh, a little bit too Uh, i saw Pat O'Donnell being like a top five punter in terms of getting yard punts inside the 20. I'm like, where was that man? Where mm-hmm. was that? But I'll digress and we can move on to some for punter talk, but two truths and a lie. Hope you enjoyed it. Played along at home. Uh, I always enjoy kind of trying uh, to diagnose and find some good ones each and every Monday. But Nick, I know you have some things that you have to do this evening. And before you go, I wanted to begin ranking the Bears rookies through six games. So I sent everyone a list or put it in like our program for show notes of all the rookies that have played at least 10 snaps or more in offensive defense. Besides Trenton Gill, obviously, as a punter, he's going to have the special team snaps. Uh, now, Jack Sanborn, uh, Carl uh, Weatherford, Blackwell, they've all played a lot of special team snaps. So mm-hmm. I did not know if we should put them in here or not. No one told me throughout the day if we will. I didn't put them in my final list uh, because, again, they're just in coverage units, and that's a little bit different to kind of wait than someone that's playing a lot of defensive snaps. So we have the guys that played on least offense or defense, Jaquan Brisker, Treston Ebner, uh, Trenton Gill, again, special teams only, Kyler Gordon, Braxton Jones, Jalen Jones, Bayless Jones Jr., <laughs> a lot of Jones, and Dominique Robinson. So those are the players I think qualify for this list. Who is your top rookie, Nick? Top rookie is Jaquan Brisker. And I think that might be a consensus for everybody. If I'm looking you up at the head nods. Okay. I think it gets a little interesting though, once we get right past this and we were talking so highly of Kyler Gordon. What has he done for me lately? Right. And I know he didn't have, he had a rough start 
as as any rookie corner probably would. But he's my number two guy in terms of what he's doing right now for the Bears and playing both the nickel, the outside, and not missing any snaps usually. He's going to play consistently throughout the entirety of the game. But I have Kyler Gordon as number two. Did that – who's your number two, both you guys? Well, do you want do you want to give these away, Will? I mean, yeah, that's my I, thought. We can do some. But I, I we'll see. I mean, I have plenty of extra talking points for us if we run dry here. Yeah, so um, go ahead. We'll we'll do them now. So one two for you are. I think we all agreed on Brisker being number one. He's been the most consistent rookie throughout mm-hmm. six games. So that that one I think was pretty cut and paste, clear and dry. What about you, Greg? Who's number two for you? Yeah, I'm right there with him. It's Brisker and then Kyler, and I'm liking where you're going with this, Nick, because. To me, Kyler is getting close to where Brisker is. Yeah, he started slower, but as you mentioned, it's way harder to cover as a corner in this league than to jump in as a safety next to Eddie Jackson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you know, Brisker's had a great start. He's also had some moments, you know, you saw in the Giants game, maybe there was a coaching flaw with the quarterback rollouts where he's getting caught, lost in the in the in the shuffle in the middle of the field and and letting uh you know daniel jones get out there but at the same time they're neck and neck at this point and that's a great thing for the bears because Mm -hmm. you know these are their first two picks in the draft and uh they're they're playing really well at this point i know people probably were hoping for offensive players but at the same time it's nice to see brian poles pick a couple guys that look like he hit on and aren't complete busts it's still a long way to go but some very bright signs from both of those guys. I'm right there with you, Nick. Uh, one and two, Brisker Gordon. I saw Laz in the comments. I just threw it up for a few moments there, but he just mentioned that uh, Kyler Gordon has been very good against the run, and you're mm-hmm. right. He has been uh, good, and which is very important in this Bears defense for the slot corner to be someone who can be effective against the run, and he's embraced that. You can tell that he doesn't shy away. He can be a very physical player, and that's only going to help him throughout his career, and I, I do like what I've seen out of him over the last two weeks in terms of his open field tackling. I think that's been – something that in the first couple of weeks wasn't there. He was missing a few of those tackles, hesitating a bit, overthinking instead of just reading and reacting. And you can tell when you watch Gordon that the game is slowing down for him a little bit. He's not as overwhelmed. And as much as maybe we were kind of annoyed by the inside-out approach that the Bears were deploying with him early and we saw those early struggles and we're like, just pick a damn position and stick with it. (laughs) Now we're starting to see it pay off a little bit, uh, this versatility of his. And I think it's only going to make him a better ball player uh, down the road, smarter, and make this game one that is not too tall for him whatsoever. So, yes, Kyler Gordon is my number two as well. I think if you look at the last two weeks, though, an argument could be made that Gordon could be number one, Brisker number two uh, oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, 100%. especially the last two weeks, yeah. Gordon, I, mean, I spoke to him after the game uh, in just last week, and you know he said because of such a short week, he had to do a lot of mental reps. So it wasn't even a lot of practicing. He just re- you know, was focusing on the playbook the film and he said he just read his keys that's why he was so in good positions to make those tackles there's a play where there are three guys blocking one of them was charles leno jr gordon is able to beat him around the corner and get a, a hand on the running back and it would have easily been a touchdown but it's like those plays right there that shows me that you're getting it and it's nice to see from kyler gordon all right number three greg i'm gonna let you kick off number three yeah for me number three it, it's close um between Braxton Jones and Dominique Robinson, but I'm going to go with uh, Braxton Jones at this point. 
Um, he had some big time struggles here in this last game, but we're looking at the total totality of the six games. And you also have to understand that a, a fifth round rookie left tackle is going to have his struggles at some point this year. And Montez Sweat is a bad, bad dude. And, uh, you know, he's going to make a lot of guys look bad like he did with Braxton Jones. But overall, you know, you have to like what you've seen so far from Braxton Jones, a good developmental left tackle, you know, um, you know, you know, who knows if he's going to, if the, if the league's going to catch up to him, figure out what he's not good at. But at this point, He's done very well in his short amount of time in the league. All right, Nick, do you agree with Brexton Jones at number three? I don't. And I don't know if just last week really, you know, painted a bad image for me for Brexton Jones, but he's a fifth round draft pick. Uh, so is Dominic Robinson, though, Greg. And yep. he's been quiet, though. That's the thing. Like, I was putting him here at three, but the last, what, two, two, three weeks, three weeks, not a single pressure whatsoever. In terms of that's, hit, hurry, sacks. That's it's why like, I well, them down, I agree. Yeah, and like the whole front seven, honestly. They can look at themselves like, where are we at? We They haven't been a part of the equation in terms of trying to get pressure on these opposing quarterbacks. But he did start off the season off hot. And I, I think that um, he is still obviously learning this new role. It was actually after the Giants game where he didn't – I don't he obviously he didn't register a sack the, part of the last three weeks. But – I asked him how he played, and he thought, you know, he he read his keys. He didn't allow any big runs, I guess, to his side when he was on the field. So, obviously, he's going to be learning, but you really look at those impact plays, and it's easy to see. Like, if you don't have them, well, you're maybe not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But it's the little things, too. So, I have Dominic Robinson, for me, as number three. What about you, Will? See, you guys are putting me in a rock and a hard place, but I have Braxton Jones as my number three. Uh, I'm a big fan of Don Marab. Everyone in this podcast knows that. But I think when you look at the whole big picture, I know that you know Robinson had himself a fair share of like splash plays. Uh, but I do think when you look at linemen, you just look at the negatives more than anything, right? Like you'll yeah. see the sacks given up. You'll see those pressure plays, but people tend to forget like the, the impact plays that he had blocking, like on the ground, just bring some of those mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert runs or some of the plays that he actually didn't allow pressure because everyone else is focusing on all everything go well going on in that play because he did his job. Yeah. It's, it's one of those positions where if you're doing your job, right you're going to go very underrated unnoticed. And I think yep. that there's more of that earlier in the season than we've seen over the last couple of weeks, but the competition has stepped up and hopefully going up against guys like sweat can just make him a little bit better. As we get through this next portion of the season, it's not going to get much easier whatsoever. Uh, but for a guy who was drafted as late as he was to be in one of the most important positions of all football to step in, like he did, I think he's playing well. I, I don't think he's playing great. He's not like, top rookie offensive lineman or anything of that nature, but he's been good. And I think he's the third best one for the bears in terms of like overall consistency. Although, like I said, Dominique Robinson's definitely made, I think more splashes that get people excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, there's, they got to still be ranked top five in ru- rushing yeah. in football. And he's a part of that, you know, and, and you could be like, well, that's because they can't pass. They run the ball. Well, tell that to Matt Nagy's offense the last few years, because they couldn't pass the ball or run the ball. So <laughs> at least we've figured one thing out on offense and they are running the ball effectively and he's a part of it. So I think that's a really good point uh, when it comes to only noticing the, the, 
the the bad plays and not noticing the quite like when Khalil Herbert breaks off a 60 yard run and he does his job, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, nobody overanalyzes that, you know, as much, unless you're pushing a guy like Tevin Jenkins, 15 yards away from mm-hmm. the play. Exactly. And I've done my red zone report each and every week. And I feel like the days in which the bears are excelling on the ground inside of 20, Braxton Jones is a big part of that too. So uh, I want to give him that due. And now he does give up uh, the most pressures of all uh, offensive tackles in his draft class. But again, like there are other, these are the guys that were drafted so much higher uh, than he Mm -hmm. was much higher expectations. And it's not by much. It's only like three or four pressures that are like the difference between him and like, you know, the next five or so down the list. So it's all very close. All right. So, Nick and Greg, since you guys had opposite, are you, is the inverse true for you guys? So Dominic for Nick, and then, of course, Braxton for Greg? You got it. That's exactly where I'm going, Dominic yep. Robinson, right after Braxton. You know, like you guys mentioned, he's had splash plays to start, but he's been pretty quiet here the last few weeks, so that's why he would have easily gotten the number three spot, if not the number two spot, if he could have carried that momentum he had to start the season. But uh, the – defensive line pressure has become non-existent here as of late yeah and same as for the you know the offensive line actually blocking right been non-existent <laughs> as of late so we have the inverse there and you know three and four there well as as um uh who said it in the chat last said huge gap between two two mm-hmm. and then the rest of the way down the gap mm-hmm. it falls off precipitously Ooh, that's a that's a you like that? That's like a yeah. like A-plus word choice right like there. Yep. All right, so we have one, two, three, and four complete. Who's number five for you guys? I know who number five is for me. Actually, let me start it off. I haven't started one. I'm going with Trenton Gill yep. here, Mr. Consistency himself. Again, uh, he's been good uh, at punting. And again, not great, but at the same time, I feel like he ha- he's been punting a lot, but he's hasn't been punting a lot from like the midfield area because the Bears have been more aggressive once they reach around you know that area of, of the field. But like I mentioned, top 15 in terms of net uh, for a rookie punter. He hasn't been a liability. Obviously, his holding has been fine, uh, no matter if it's Badgley kicking or Santos kicking. Obviously, they've mm-hmm. been good uh, this season. So there's a lot of reasons to get uh, you know excited, as, if you want to use that word here, for Trenton Gill. But to me, he is the fifth best Bears rookie to date. Would you say that he's better than Dominique Robinson? Since you, I mean, Nick had Robinson higher than both of us, but would you put him higher than Robinson yourself, Will? I I didn't, so I'm going to say no, but when we talked about it a bit more and like how we're framing it, I I can be persuaded to maybe changing it. it. It's tough because, again, obviously, you know, punter, not that punters don't, aren't people too. But obviously, they, too. yes, they they are. But um, it's like you know, an impact position like an edge rusher, and still someone that's finding his role. But I think that factored into it. Why even like I again, Gill was up there, but it just came after the you know the the main position players, I guess if you if you will. And you're right, Will. We haven't seen too many opportunities for him to cough in corner or you know mm-hmm. get one inside the you know ten. We normally, as we being the Bears are going for it, you know, more so in the middle of the field than they are electing to punt. So, uh, yeah, that was a good point, too. I wish there was somewhere that would like, and I think, Nick, I talked about this years ago, about someone that can track this stat. But if you can just track the average 
field position of punt would help so much to put context about mm. some of these punting statistics and like where people yeah. rank because where they punt on the field matters. You're not going for a 60 yard bomb. If you're punting from the 50 yard line, it's a, it's impossible. You know, it's only 50 yep. yards to go and B you're trying to get that thing inside of the 20 inside the 10. So that does matter. And so that's still a stat. And if anyone knows of a website that tracks that, let me know because I am curious. So is Gil number five for both of you? Yep. Yeah. All right, let's move on to number six, and let's go back to Greg. Number six, this is starting to get tricky here because mm-hmm. we're down to Ebner, uh, Valus Jones, and Jalen Jones. Um, you know, I guess I'm going to go with Trust and Ebner because if I say Valus Jones, I think Bears fans may never let me speak again because <laughs> of how upset people are at Valus Jones, and maybe I'll get into my defense of Valus once we get to him. But I guess we got to go with Tristan Ebner because when David Montgomery went out, Ebner came in, and there really wasn't a f- that much of a fall off with the running game. Uh, he's done well as the complimentary back to you know uh, Khalil Herbert when asked to do so. He's had a few times where they've had him play on special t- or return kicks. Maybe you're going to see more of that here uh, come Monday uh, with Velas having his struggles. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Tristan Ebner. I, I, I think he has potential to be a good backup running back for the Bears here going forward. Okay, we have one for Ebner. Nick, where's your mind at? We have another one for Ebner. I got him there at the, was at the sixth spot now. Yeah, so I, I think that he has obvi- obviously hasn't had many opportunities, what, six, or 13 carries in, in the six games, but... Yeah, I like what he's done, and obviously he's on on the special teams unit as well. But somebody that, you know, if if David Montgomery has to miss time, it's clear Herbert Ebner. You you don't feel like you're lost at the running back position there, right? I think that Ebner has done done some good things this season, but he just needs more opportunities. But out of this class, I'm at number six. Okay, I disagree with well both of you here. I think Jalen Jones is worthy of this position. Uh, obviously, he had a lot more playing time in place of Jalen Johnson. And was it always pretty? No. Did he get any game-changing plays, interceptions, PBUs? No, but he was serviceable. And for a Mm -hmm. player that went undrafted to come up and play meaningful snaps at outside cornerback in the NFL, knowing that you're going to be an easy target, and he was targeted a ton too, he didn't give up a single touchdown. And I think that's really impressive for him and what he was able to provide the Bears as that Band-Aid, that placeholder as Jalen Johnson was on the sidelines for a couple of weeks. So I'm giving it to Jalen Jones here because, uh, again, was he amazing? No. Again, we're getting towards the bottom of this list, but he was fine, and in many ways he was better than some of the other players on defense in those games, too. He wasn't like the obvious weak link that teams were exploiting and winning games because of, and I thought that was a big concern I had when he first got into the lineup. I was like, oh boy, we're, he can lose us some games, and I don't think that has actually ended up being the case. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, didn't he lead one of the games in tackle? Or maybe I'm like it was way close. off on that mark. It was close. He was high up there trying to see which game that was, but of course I'm not finding that set. Uh, probably they went at him in the, yeah, yeah, they went at him in the Minnesota game, though, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand what you're saying. We're getting down on the list. So, you know, it's not overstating with what you're saying, Will. Uh, and it's also understandable that he's going to be, you know, targeted when he yeah. comes in. Jalen Johnson isn't in. You know, uh, but they definitely seemed like they were picking on him in the Minnesota game. Uh, yeah, but a- again, though, like 
He didn't give up a touchdown to Jefferson or Thielen or anything in that nature. Did he give up yards? Sure. But at the end of the day, like he wasn't the one that gave up the points. And, and again, we're just we're just debating between Ebner and Jalen. Right. Jones. He's not a high yeah. ass. Yeah. 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 We're not I'm talking doing. about Kyler. I understand. Yeah, I totally understand the context. There we go. All right. So my next one is uh, Ebner. Uh, again, mm-hmm. as a kick returner, when he had those opportunities early in the year, I thought he was fine. Uh, he made mm-hmm. some bigger returns too. And you guys already mentioned what he's been able to provide in offense. It's just been the snaps have been very scarce uh, for yeah. him. And it's hard to know exactly what he can provide in a larger sample size until it happens. Uh, but he hasn't been bad. It's just been one of those players where you wish he saw more of, because if he did, he could definitely earn himself higher rankings on this list. Okay, are you guys going with, yep, what do you guys Jones. got? Are you going with Jones next? Jaylen yeah, you Jones. go. Jalen Jones. Okay. Uh, see, see what I did there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going with Jalen Jones for uh, our seventh spot. Right, wait, that's where you're at, Greg? Are you at Jalen Jones or are you at Valus Jones? <sighs> I like Valus. Everyone hates <laughs> Valus. I like Valus. I liked him at camp in the limited time that I saw him. He looks a lot like Cordero Patterson to me. He's got a long way to go. He fumbled two punts that costed them games, especially this second one because they had the lead. The first one, they were down seven, so we still would have had to score. I blame the coaches more than I blame Valus for having him in there to even try to catch that punt because he'd already fumbled one to cost you a game, and he looked skittish the entire game on Thursday night, and you had all game to recognize that and take him off. Other fans were pointing this out, but you as a coaching staff were just hoping that it was going to work out and no colossal failure was going to happen, and then it does lightning strikes twice. So I blame the coaches for that. Valus Jones has a touchdown and his first snap on offense. And then in the last game, uh, a key first down Mm -hmm. on third and long, they run a screen. Who's going to make a play on this offense? He is one of the guys that will make a play. So before Bears fans run him out of town, I understand he's not – A top line, he's not Garrett Wilson. He's a third-round wide receiver, and he has talent. Is he a developmental wide receiver just as much as maybe Braxton Jones is a developmental left tackle? Absolutely, but he has a lot of talent. And so I understand Bears fans are going to use him as the scapegoat as far as putting all their blame and hatred on him for the loss on Thursday night, and understandably so. It was a colossal mistake. But I am going to stick to my guns when it comes to Bayless Jones. He can make plays. So I'm putting him ahead of Jalen Jones because I see the potential in Bayless. And I don't want to dog him as much as I'm not bringing the pitchforks and the axes with the rest of the Bears Twitter mob. I won't do it. Standing strong. I like it. Nick, anything you want to add on yours real quick? I, I can talk about why Valus is last on my list uh, as much as <laughs> and, and Greg, you know, as well as anyone else here that I'm on the Valus Jones hype train as much as you. And I, and I am so rooting for this kid. It, it just wasn't the, the losing of two games. It's really hard to not put weight on it. And I understand your thoughts about coaching. And to me, that's like a double edged kind of decision, right? If you pull them, mm-hmm and you're like not showing confidence in him. Although I understand like maybe there wasn't a lot of reason to have confidence, but you want him to have that confidence. You want to demonstrate confidence to these young players too. And so that's 
that's a tough situation. You just wish he would have caught that damn punt, not trying to slide and let it bounce off his face mask. He, he didn't look like, confident all night. I mean, even no, on the ones he didn't field, he was he let one go that he easily could have caught, and it rolls into the red zone. So, well, we don't know if he easily could have caught it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, we, we, we've seen that. We don't know if it would have been easy. Unfortunately, he didn't want the one go who did. And again, like. This dude was second in all of college football last year in punt returns on on average. He was really good. It's mm-hmm. just for some reason, since coming back, he, it just that hasn't been a part of his game that has been impactful. But you're right, though. On offense, he's been pretty good with his limited looks and limited touches. And I'm hoping, you know, we get more of that and he continues to grow on offense. And if so, like he can quickly, because of how you know, dire the situation is an offense for playmakers. He can quickly move himself up to top three, top four contention and flip this within a few games. It's just a matter of getting those chances. How many wide receivers have touchdowns on this team? (laughs) (laughs) He's got one. (laughs) He's got one. And and he's done a great job of just getting those yards after contact, those yards off of those plays around Mm -hmm. the line of scrimmage. Like they're not downfield targets, but he's making guys miss reading those key blocks, having patience and getting a lot of those yards after the catch, which is a big part of his game in college. Again, uh, as we mentioned, we had the whole draft class in yards after catch per reception. And I think that's been on display and I'm excited to watch that grow. All right. Shout out to Josh Blackwell of the guys we didn't mention that are Mm -hmm. on special teams. I agree. Josh Blackwell has played really well on special teams has almost had a couple, almost big time plays that just like the one where he had a forced fumble, but they got it back. But he's, he's also made some big plays too. I think he did have a fumble recovery as well. Yep. Giants game. Yep. All right. We need to give a message to uh, our listeners from Chi-Town Cornhole real quick. Uh, And I'll let Greg do that. But before we get to it, Nick, are you just staying for the last 10 minutes at this rate? Or are you, <laughs> I need to know. I probably got to bounce to be completely okay. honest. Got to go. That's with that fair. Car. Yep. I will take yep. responsibility for making Nick stay for another 30 minutes. <laughs> I ah, it, he seemed like he had fun. It wasn't that much of a hostage situation or a Stockholm syndrome, right? Where you nope, end nope, up like, nope. all good. Uh, your, your, the people holding you hostage, but Nick, thanks for hopping on tonight. Uh, looking forward to working with you later on the week for our preview show, which this week, by the way, everyone listening is on Friday because of the Bears playing on the Monday night. So our preview mm-hmm. show that we do every Thursday is getting moved to Friday this week. So we will see that. Are you on the show tomorrow, by the way? I don't even know. Uh, yes, I'll be at House Hall. So it's a weird schedule at House Hall, too. Right. But I will be reporting live from there for you know a couple minutes of the podcast. So tune in for that and for all the Bears coverage throughout the week. There you go. I'm on tomorrow, too, and we have some fun things in store. So I guess I'll see you tomorrow, Nick. Have a a good night, all right? (laughs) All right, you guys. Have a good one. Later. Later. All right, Greg, over to you. Chi-Town Cornhole. Yes. want to talk to you guys about Chi-Town Cornhole. Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007, Will. uh, Their signature box-style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted are their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in the in on the back uh leds that light up the hole and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers uh they're veteran owned and operated they can ship anywhere and offer local pickups in the chicagoland area specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event wedding gifts and gifts for all occasions and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues as w- barbecue season starting to 
wind to a halt, but tailgaze, tailgating season never stops if you're a football fan and especially a Chicago Bears fan. So go check out their website, ShytownCornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at Shytown Custom Cornhole Boards. Good stuff there, Greg. I, I, I had a, one slip up, but I'm doing I, you know, every week. I'm going to continue to get better at this. I, I like <laughs> it. Good work there. It's like the Bears, you know, each week. We will gradually get better. That's the hope. <laughs> that is uh, indeed the hope. I have one more message to share. Your kicker is lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Now make every play feel this exciting with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sportsbook betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. So check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. You know, looking into the next week, I'm already looking forward to hitting Khalil Herbert on the over in terms of the yards that they expect him to get because, as we've seen, it just takes one carry. Herbert's going to already do that. He did that last week, and I hit, and I loved it. And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game, uh, once per day, all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CHGO to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using the code CHGO. Beautiful. All right. The way you started that was very mysterious and I like you threw me off because I thought you were talking to me and I was like really like Wait, where are we going with this? What's the, the on, my team has an onside kick? I'm like, for what? And then you went on? right into the ad read. That was a pros pro move. Will you threw me a curveball there? Thank you. It said ramp up the tension, and so <laughs> I, well, it was. I felt it. I was like, what is about to happen here? <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Uh, the new, you know, first day with DraftKings, and we're already nailing those ad reads. So uh, you know, you love to see it. Thank you, Greg. So. We ranked all of the rookies now that were like one third roughly through the season. Again, 17 games. They make it weird to do even math, uh, unfortunately. But I'm going to call this the the third point or however, again, I wanted to say it. So to end off the show, we have about 10 minutes. I wanted to do best thing, worst thing, biggest surprise and biggest disappointment so far this season. So, Greg, we started with some positives. What has been the best thing to you so far this season for the Bears? Best thing for the rookies? No, just the team in general. Just the team in general. Hmm. Man, that's a tough one because there has not been much that's good. I mean, we talked about it earlier, so I'll just double down on it. It looks like they hit on their first two picks with Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. And I understand there's still fans that are still wringing their hands, especially last week. You know, whether it's George Pickens or Alec Pierce or whoever that they wanted in one of those spots in the draft. But regardless, Ryan Pohl's evaluation of Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon were correct. And as, you know, someone in the chat said, you know, seven of these 11 rookies are keepers. Maybe, maybe not. But at this point, they are 
producing at, at certain levels, and their top two picks are starting to produce at a high level. You saw Jaquan Brisker get a sack. Kyler Gordon's playing physical, open field tackles. You know, the interceptions aren't there yet, but these guys are players, and that shows me that Ryan Poles has trust in his draft evaluation process, has courage in his convictions, takes the guys he wants, and now they've worked out. That's a good thing going forward, and you just hope that he has as good of an evaluation process with the offensive players that we all know we need and hope will come. So, you know, uh, I would say that's probably the biggest positive here uh, for the bigger picture of the future of this franchise. Now, mine is very similar to yours. And mine is just the young guys getting experience across the board. I, I don't care if it's offense, defense, special teams. This Bears team is very young and you have a lot of young players playing all across the board. So for me, just getting that experience now in a year that, as we can tell, is going to be a struggle will help this Bears team build what you and I were talking about last week, that foundation that Ryan Poles can utilize to build this team to his vision, mold it into the future. And I think starting these rookies, playing these uh, young players, which is totally different compared to what we saw over the previous regime, will help expedite this instead of keeping them on the bench and then having to kind of deal with the inexperience down the road. So getting the experience now to me has been uh, the best thing. And I'll jump right into our worst thing because I want to get this out of the way uh, because this one really hurts, Greg. And you may just want to cover your ears. Uh, and it may not surprise anybody, but it is a run defense. There you go. Perfect. It's the run defense has been the worst thing for the Bears this year. They're giving up 163 yards per game on average on the ground. That is the most. And I went back all the way to 2003 and then I decided to stop. Uh, but they this is the most since 2013 when they gave up 161 yards on the ground per game on average. And if you're wondering about that 2013 defense, if you forgot, it was God awful it was really really bad how bad was it against running the uh, uh stopping the run it was the worst greg run defense the bears have ever deployed was 2013 they allowed 2583 yards rushing that season the bears are on pace to top that this year with 2771 of course it does take an extra game so i want to put that into consideration but even without the extra game they're still on track to give up the most yards on the ground that they ever have in the history of the Chicago bears. And that's bad. Really bad. I gave Corey Wooten um, crap for that. On one of their shows a couple weeks ago, I said, uh, Corey, you guys couldn't stop a nosebleed with Mel Tucker. <laughs> and he's like, all right, Braggs, next time I see you, uh, no more handshakes, no more dapping you up. I was like, ah, I'm joking, but seriously, you guys couldn't. So, uh, no, you don't want to be compared because that was an aging defense. Now, this mm -hmm. is a younger defense. It did lose some key pieces. So, uh, understandable. I think Mark Harmon was all over this uh, when he talked about his concern for the defensive line going into the season. And I think some of us had higher hopes than others. Uh, they lose Cleo Mack and, you know, no more Eddie Goldman in the middle, Akeem Hicks. And I understand those guys were injured for a lot of last year. So it wasn't like they had them all year last year either, but at the same time, when you have those guys, it's a different presence. It's a different presence in the locker room. Uh, Robert Quinn's been a big disappointment because uh, you were really hoping he can at least be trade bait. And now you're kind of, it's like you're, you're, you wish you had already traded him because his value is just dropping at this point. 
Exactly. Exactly. What's your worst thing? My worst thing is always going to be the big picture with Justin Fields and um, his lack of development at this point. Um, you know, maybe the worst thing was the fact that they couldn't carry what they did in Minnesota to this last week, but just overall the development of Justin Fields is uh, stalled. You know, we've had some ups and downs, more downs than ups. Uh, the last couple weeks, I think there has been some light at the end of the tunnel, some things that you can take from. So you hope that they can continue that and maybe even Monday night have a nice night. But my expectations are so low going into each week and the, the you know, the DraftKings, you know, guys that are putting their props in place, you know, um, you know, mirror that when they're putting up his total yard over under and it's like 170 160 is at one point it, against the Giants it was the lowest over under that they've ever placed on a quarterback and understand that that's not all Justin Fields fault but it's just so frustrating when we're hoping he could take another step in his development and at this point you can't really say that he has other than the Minnesota game he showed a lot of heart here this last Thursday night uh, but he also made a lot of mistakes himself, especially early on in the first half. So uh, that's definitely the worst thing happening right now is that we can't get better development from Justin Fields. And I don't know, it's not going to be possible to get, you know, good, any kind of um, good development that we're looking for this season for the rest of the year. There's no fixing this problem until the off season. So, that's by far and away the worst thing because it just uh, gives more question marks than answers heading to the offseason. Yeah, that's what I put for my biggest disappointment was just the overall lack of pass protection, uh, not really being able to set this team up to help just in any way. And I knew coming into the season that they weren't setting him up for massive success or right. and really even like a ton of success at all. But to the degree in which it's failing him, I think is like my biggest disappointment this season. And just my real quick, my biggest surprise, a lot of people I would assume was say like Robert Quinn and like his kind of quiet season. But we've talked about in this podcast a lot where his career is kind of like a roller coaster, a really good year, really bad year, good year, bad year. Uh, I kind of assume that we're going to kind of have one of those valleys after a big peak uh, mm -hmm. last season. So I think right now my biggest surprise is something we've already talked about, which is Valus Jones and those punt return problems. Like that was the last thing I ever expected from him coming out. Uh, being a dynamite returner, someone that was known for being explosive in that regard and consistent and someone that you can rely on. And he's been anything other than that right now as a punt returner. So that's been my biggest surprise. So real quickly, Greg, uh, biggest surprise and biggest disappointment, and then we're going to sign off. Yeah, my biggest disappointment probably at this point you could uh, is, is Valus Jones one maybe, but also if I wanted to take it to a more serious you know, player on the team that has a bigger role is Roquan Smith. You know, he hasn't had a very good year. Uh, the off the off season was a struggle with this holding out and the drama of releasing, you know, his feelings on how much he deserves to get paid and then not really backing it up with his play, missing key tackles in crucial moments. Um, you know, I just feel like Roquan is better than what he's shown the Packers game. He's getting destroyed uh, last week or um, was it? Uh, yeah, it was last week getting completely blown up by Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, yeah. even Corey Wooten said it like, 
you know, hey, everybody gets crackback blocked, but you can't leave your feet from a quarterback. And they're going to be giving him crap about that in the locker room. So he's probably my biggest disappointment. Yeah, my biggest surprise then, I guess, I would go with uh, Valus Jones and, okay. and, and not being able to – I mean, his injury, but at the same time, it's just been a surprise that he hasn't been able to be a bigger part of this team just overall and to come back and – be very limited offensively has been a dis- you know disappointment surprise so i don't know uh i struggle to find a good surprise uh so far for this season um because there just hasn't been very many bright spots unfortunately maybe eddie jackson and and the step up and how quickly he's taken to this defense and the veteran um role he's taken the leadership role he's taken i guess would be a better surprise candidate if i scramble here in the pocket at the end there you go yeah i mean surprise can go one way or the other but i appreciate you trying to find like a a good one uh for us to kind of highlight too so that's been about it uh, here for tonight's episode hope you enjoyed it Uh, obviously it's time to start focusing on the week ahead and that is going to be the new england patriots and greg there's actually a lot on the line this week uh, for this game that actually it has me concerned because if they beat the Bears, Bill Belichick will surpass George Hallis for the second most wins all time for a head coach in the NFL. That would suck. But you know Bill Belichick sees like that he can do this against the Bears and he's going to have his team wanting to achieve that goal for him. So I expect this Patriots team to be one that's firing at all cylinders, playing for their coach and trying to give him this accolade and, you know, in a way that's going to kind of hurt the Bears franchise in a bit too along the way. Like that would suck watching Papa Bears, uh, you know, record him move down a peg yep. against uh, losing to the team that you actually beat in the Super Bowl. There are a lot of different parallels here. If you want yeah, to and, and Bill Belichick certainly appreciates the history of the NFL. I mean, mm-hmm. he beats the Browns last week to tie the record, you know, and he started with the Browns. And I saw on Twitter that he stopped the team bus and had him get out and, you know, pay homage to the, um, uh, Jim Brown statue outside of the Brown stadium. So I know he appreciates the history mm-hmm. and has probably a lot of respect for George Hallis. So uh, yeah, we've, we've lost, you know, Packers are moving up past us in the franchise wins. Uh, I, I'm not sure if we're tied at this point because the Packers are struggling, but now Papa bear Hallis is going to fall down a peg, but Bill Belichick, one of the all time great coaches. So uh, and has had an amazing run here, uh, here these last 20 years. Uh, and it doesn't seem like any end in sight, uh, as far as his coaching prowess is concerned. I know they're no, they're not the Tom Brady Patriots, but it's going to be a tall task. And, um, you know, I just want to continue to look bigger picture. I like that. We tried to find some positives tonight, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. And, and, and that's what we got to do. You know, it's most weeks we're going to be talking about losses. They might scratch a few wins away, but, you know, we talked quickly. We talked about, you know, keep talking about foundations. And I know people want Robbie Anderson, the, the Bears to give up draft equity for Robbie Anderson, or even more so with DJ Moore, a, a second round pick, third round. No, you, know, you don't fix a foundation of a house. I don't, when we go out and lay brick, if somebody wants us to patchwork a house, we're just going to be back there in three years patchworking mm. that again. You want to fix the problem, you have to tear it down and redo it. And that is what the Bears are doing. So you have to have some patience. You have to understand it has to be ripped from the ground up. And that way the foundation is solid and the house is beautiful 
and then you don't have to worry about us coming back and patchworking again here in three years as Brickies and or or George McCaskey in that sense with the Chicago Bears. That is how you do a true rebuild, and it takes patience and it takes time. And it takes money. So go ahead and spend <laughs> that money in the offseason, George. That helps too. There you go. Great analogy to kind of end the show. And yeah, Greg, I think the good thing about us partnering here at CHGO is like people get two of the most positive outlooking Bears fans <laughs> that kind of have a space to talk about the Bears here in one show. And uh, it helps. At least it helps me. It's therapeutic. And uh, you know, life has, there's a lot of, things that are negative in life nowadays and to find ways to be positive, even if things aren't overly great, I think is a great mindset to have overall. And I'm glad that we both embody that here uh, on the show. But as I mentioned, I'll be back on the show tomorrow. Uh, we have a fun sto- show in store for you uh, with Adam, Mark, myself, and then Nick will be hopping on to uh, lots of goodies coming your way. Our preview show will be on Friday, uh, but I'll see you tomorrow. Greg, good stuff tonight. And well, bear down Chicago.